Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. Let's get started and talk about the centerpiece of this episode, the new indie film, Nighthawks. Nighthawks is about a group of millennials that embark on the dark side of New York City nightlife. It stars Chase Crawford, Kevin Zegers, Janet Montgomery, and it's directed, written, and produced by newcomer Grant S. Johnson, who I think is definitely on the rise. Oh, and by the way, you should check out Janet Montgomery's Instagram. She's so funny. And if you don't know her, she's from the show New Amsterdam on NBC. So anyway, the film itself is super creepy and it keeps you on your toes. And for me, it just kind of made me think. And actually, it reminded me a little bit of the films that I used to watch in the early 2000s, like The Skulls or The Faculty. It just had that feel to it. I don't know if you guys remember those movies, but they had a cult following And I think it's about time that somebody brought back the genre and the style. So thanks to Grant. I sat down with the lovely Kevin Zegers, who plays a total douche canoe named Chad in the film, and the director, Grant S. Johnson. Let me start by saying both guys were so awesome. Um, The interviews weren't held on the red carpet. They were held at a hotel at what's called a junket, which is so much better sometimes because a junket is a sit-down interview and you just get more time. So when I said these guys were cool, I really meant it. I have over 40 minutes worth of footage for both interviews. Grant was just so easy to talk to and engaging that we just kind of kept talking after the interview was over and my camera guy was loving it and he kept shooting. Oh, and I also ended up staying out very late at the after party because everybody was so much fun. So let's begin with Kevin Zegers, who will forever be the kid from Airbud to me. He's gorgeous in real life, average height, um, did I mention gorgeous? And he definitely has a casualness about him that put me right at ease. So take a listen as I ask him to talk about his character in the film and what initially attracted him to Grant's script. Um, you're great in the film. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank but you. I'm officially going to stay away from guys named Chad. But, but I, that's a, as a general rule, that's probably a good idea. I agree. Um, so can you describe Chad in three words? Um privileged, selfish, <laughs> gross. I, I 
love your third description. Yeah, That's actually awesome. I, you know, there was parts uh, and, and times in the movie where I did think he was gross. Um, yeah. When he was kind of like ready to leave with that girl and the club. Yeah. I was like, ew, that's gross, and I know guys like that. For so, sure. But you did a great job. You were very believable. Thank um, you. Not that you're gross, no. but... Um, yeah. Well, that's, that means I did my job. You did. You did a, you did a fabulous job. Thank so you. what drew you in to the script initially? Um, I mean, I liked the... We made it two years ago, so mm -hmm. I was just saying, it was, it was right at the beginning of the whole Me Too, Time's Up conversation. It, was, it had just sort of been sort of presented on the forefront and I like most people have met a ton of chads in my life like a ton mm -hmm. and there was kind of this like yeah they're skeezy and gross but like they exist and they're on Wall Street and every every place but like you go down to Wall Street and it's like yeah there's a bunch of scumbags and they're like handsy with women and if they get in trouble they just like pay someone off and it's like uh, and so I liked the idea, especially when this was happening, of kind of putting, I mean, I've seen it before, but I liked putting down, you know, putting on film the idea of a world where there are no consequences. And um, it's not even as if Chad's some big shot. It's mm -hmm. not like he's the president or whatever. I mean, it, he has a lot of the same characteristics as our president. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot, frankly, right. which is like, He's never considered whether he, or not he'd get into trouble or what that would look like or women are kind of objects that he can, t he can use and kind of discard whenever he wants to. So there was a lot of that, but um, I liked the idea of kind of taking a snapshot of what this world looks like. Um, yeah, and it, it's a complete, you know, it, it, he's the opposite of you. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, that yeah, must yeah, be yeah. so fun as an actor to play someone the complete opposite. Yeah, and I, 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 always, I always feel like there are, you know, I feel like everyone's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a firm believer in, like, people who just come out of the womb, like, really polite, nice people who want to do well right. by other people. I think we're all some version. I think, you know, I, I choose to believe that I'd be more one way than the other, but... Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting that the movie was filmed two years ago, which was right before the Me Too movement was really relevant, yet Kevin was able to channel his inner Harvey Weinstein as Chad. So yeah, Kevin's character in the film is gross, but as you can see, he is not. That's just one more reason to see it, right? Oh, also, after listening to myself in the interview, I was way too giggly. So note to self, shut up, Lauren. <laughs> Last thing with Kevin, I had some fun with him at the very end of the interview. So check it out. Last thing, just humor yeah. me, okay? Yeah. My favorite game is a variation of it. Yeah. Would you rather, or who would you rather? Okay. Who do you prefer? Yes. So actually, the first one I was going to ask you was Ariana Grande or Miley Cyrus, but I think I know the answer. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. Kimmel. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Starbucks is too strong. <laughs> okay, my last one. Monica Lewinsky or Stormy Daniels? Monica Lewinsky. Oh, I disagree. But really? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, take that. Have a cup of that. coffee? <laughs> So besides my heinous giggling, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Kevin. We definitely had some fun. 
Let's shift to Grant S. Johnson, the writer, director, producer of the film, who is wise beyond his 27 years. This is only his second film, which is super impressive. And his other notable credits include serving as a producer on two successful Broadway shows. And like Kevin, he also had this casual demeanor that I loved, kind of boy next door-ish. Before I play our interview, I want to point out something really cool about this movie. It's just the way that he depicts New York City nightlife. He makes it look really amazing and yet really secretive. And I have to say from firsthand experience, New York City nightlife is that amazing and can also be that secretive. So I thought it was pretty accurate. Take a listen to my exclusive interview with Grant. Can you tell me what was your inspiration or influence behind this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a twofold answer. The first being film inspirations for the film. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut has always kind of served as uh, a model for the film. Mm -hmm. And an uh, earlier film that's lesser known called Metropolitan from 1989. Metropolitan by Whit Stillman is a very talky movie about the end of the debutante era. Just people talking the whole time, very uh, flashy in that way, but nothing really happens other than there's some debutante balls that are talked about. Not even okay. You don't even really see them. And Eyes Wide Shut, it's kind of the opposite. It's really the action of what this society of people are doing. Mm -hmm. And I thought we should make a movie somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I didn't want to remake one of them, but I wanted to make a movie that was really talky, very sophisticated, involved a lot of sophisticated people, but then also showed you the dark side of New York nightlife. the dark side. Yeah, That's I appreciate my it. my favorite, yeah. Good, and uh, you know, to that degree, I grew up in the city went to one of the well-known New York City private schools and was exposed to this sort of milieu from an early age and the good and bad of it. And especially when I graduated college, I was exposed to these sort of things. You, know, you go to places like The Box, you, you know, everyone's yeah. seen Queen of the Night, Sleep no, even Sleep No More, which is you know, a yeah. theater as opposed to actual club. And you sort of start seeing more and more places that are kind of like the Nighthawks Club like we do here. Uh, and I certainly had friends around the world, including in London, Oxford, those areas. They have places like this, and I wanted to kind of bring that to light. I loved that. I was going to ask you about that later because I just I saw it. And I was like, I want to go there. I wanted to go it. to the bar before the Nighthawks Club. I, I was like, what? I want to get a drink it. like that. Like, and you know. I, I appreciate that. You know, I think it's really, you know, we have the good fortune of living in New York and getting to experience all these places all the time. But there's a whole contingent of people out there who don't, and right. I really wanted to be able to bring that to audiences and really show off the glitz and glamour of New York, and not just a Gatsby, you know, Baz Luhrmann type of way, but more somewhere you could actually end up and go yeah. in the middle of the night. Is there a, a bar with all Yankee references as cocktails? No. Because I was like, this is so, I want to go there. That's the bar I would I would create that bar right? with Yankees references. We should do it. Uh, yeah, and those were, those were good names we made for the drinks. Yeah. That, uh, where we filmed that scene is Paul's Baby Grand which is okay. uh, next is part of the Roxy Hotel, I believe, oh, yeah. on Lower Sixth Avenue. And, you know, it usually looks a certain way when you go there. We adjusted the lighting in that, in that scene to make it look a way for us, which basically the short answer there is Stan's just been it up and down with Caroline, not his environment, these flashing red, flashing green lights, green being, of course, money, red just being kind of an alienating, an alienating color. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he goes to this place that's a lot warmer, softer lighting, where he feels comfortable, his sort of place. A little do we know, the Nighthawks knew all that going in. They knew they needed to bring him somewhere he'd feel warm, comfortable, susceptible to being right. manipulated by the Nighthawks. And that's why Paul's Baby Grand in that scene looks that way. And with the Nighthawks mm -hmm. Club, 
that is not really a venue. It's an abandoned church that was converted into an event space, but it's very bare bones. Yeah. And we went in and we created all that overgrowth look. It actually looks like the, I mean, the public a I, little bit with I the balcony, it. right? Absol I mean, absolutely. Yeah, and we, yeah. that's, it's interesting you point out the balcony because it was very important to me to have a balcony in the film because I knew Marguerite's character, Mar the character of Marguerite played by Jana Montgomery, I knew she would need a balcony. She would need to make an entrance somewhere and she needed to be able to play and have fun with that balcony. Yeah. And we looked at a few different venues, different sizes. Um, the biggest one being uh, Capital, yeah. which was just way too big for us. Mm -hmm. um, but where we ended up ended up being a really great space, especially because towards the end of her speech, when she's on the balcony, she really plays with the handrail and she really gets, um, yes. she makes use of it, which is really important. But yeah, I wanted to make these places really interesting uh, and where you could feel that they are in your backyard. You might mm -hmm. just not be able to find out where they are yeah. if, unless you get some random text saying party tonight at this place, one night only sort of thing. Yes, that's ex and that's exactly what it felt like. Cool. So you did a brilliant job of conveying that. I appreciate it. So he's a really thoughtful guy and I really enjoyed our conversation. He did make a few references to the characters in the film, but that doesn't give anything away, so don't worry. I do recommend watching this movie because it's just different and it's creepy. Oh, and there's a crime committed, and who doesn't love a good crime? I will say that I did think it was kind of weird that it premiered in New York City in the midst of the New York Film Festival because I felt like it really didn't get the attention it deserved, but oh well. Um, Nighthawks is available now through iTunes, Apple TV, and your local on-demands. And if you want to watch the full interviews with Grant and Kevin, go to our website, www.redcarpetrendezvousnyc.com. Okay, and speaking of the New York Film Festival, quickly, I just want to say I've attended a few of the film screenings this past week, and I've been so impressed. Pain and Glory, which is Pedro Almodovar's new film starring Antonio Banderas, is a Spanish language film, and usually subtitles drive me totally insane, but this was just so well done. Um, the film was almost an autobiography of Almodovar's life, which is actually very interesting, and Antonio was his muse, and he just had so many amazing moments in this movie. Um, he was incredible, and not to be cliche, but I did laugh and I did cry, and if you don't know Pedro Almodovar, he's a two-time Oscar winner, and he's actually had 11 films premiere at the New York Film Festival, and he has a lot of medical ailments that they touch upon in the movie, most of which you wouldn't be able to tell firsthand upon meeting him but I don't know I'd say the struggle is real um on the red carpet he was mentioning he could only hear out of one ear which kind of made interviews difficult um or challenging but he really was a champ about it oh and Antonio Banderas also won best actor at the Cannes Film Festival for this role so um pain and glory check it out and the next and last film was Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, which he wrote and directed, starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. And usually I'm not the biggest fan of his movies. I think they're really boring and I want to go to sleep or shave my head or something like that. Um, like Greenberg and the Meyerowitz stories, just not my thing. But I really did love this film. I probably cried like three or four times because there are just so many layers to these characters that make you examine yourself and if you're married your own marriage. Baumbach also appears to be a Sondheim fan like myself so points there because um, two songs from the musical company were actually sang in this movie and one of them sang by Adam Driver gave me full body chills. So I think people will really enjoy this movie. I'm also hearing Oscar buzz, and, you know, I could see it. 
Side note, Scarlett Johansson on the red carpet, not only is she incredibly gorgeous, but she's so cool and so down to earth. She really seems like the total package. So way to be Scarlett. And apparently Adam Driver doesn't like interviews, so he was only on the carpet for pictures, which was too bad. I was kind of disappointed. But okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Until next time.